This is the Real Strong People podcast, the show where extraordinary people peel back the layers of their lives to get real about their true stories of finding strength and meaning. But it's not just about inspirational stories. Every episode, we share real, actionable advice for becoming physically and mentally stronger in your own life. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm your host, Dana Santis, pro sports breathing mobility and mind-body coach known as the Mobility Maker. Today, I'm excited to welcome my friend, Chris Williams, to the podcast. Chris is an extremely versatile performer in film, television, and on stage in both comedy and drama. You may know him from the classic comedy Dodgeball or his iconic roles as Crazy Eyes Killa on Curb Your Enthusiasm and Hoover in Silicon Valley. His film and TV credits are many with recent roles on Amazon's Upload series and Hulu's Dollface, which Chris, you didn't tell me about, but while I had COVID, I binge watched both seasons. And at one point with a high fever, fever thought I was like delirious because there you are, you popped up on the screen. <laughs> but that's not the first time that's happened. In fact, another time when I was sick a few years ago, I and I think I told you about this, I binge watched, I think it's called Better Things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there you were, it was like episode seven or eight or something on the screen again. Yes, so, indeed. So yes, Chris will pop up on your TV screen many times, um, depending on what you're watching. Anyway, your resume is very long and your talents are many, including magic, which I definitely want to talk more about so people can learn how incredible you are at that craft as well, because you blow my mind with that. And aren't you also like a Taekwondo black belt? I'm a fourth, fourth degree master in Taekwondo, yes. That's incredible. So what I want people to understand is one, you know, people throw around that word versatile so often, but you are truly a very versatile human being. It's, it's incredible all the different things you do. And you also um, enjoy rescuing dogs, not to the degree that I do, but your dogs. (laughs) No one is to the degree that you do. (laughs) Well, yeah, six is a little excessive, but Anyway, though, before we dive into our conversation, as always, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our forever sponsor, Thorn, a leader in personalized scientific health and wellness solutions. When you visit my website at mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorn and sign up for a free Thorn account using my referral link, you'll automatically receive a 20% discount on all future Thorn supplement purchases. Check out the show notes for further details. Go Thorn. Oh, yeah. Have I ever sent you any Thorn stuff? Not yet, but I'm looking oh, forward to it. It's coming. It's got Mariva is my absolute favorite, and it's it's like miraculous. And and I know this sounds like an ad, right? Because Thorn is the sponsor. <laughs> but um, but no, truly, like I started off buying Mariva. Mariva was like my gateway supplement um, into Thorn. Uh, but yeah, so the first thing that we tend to talk about on the podcast is um, the real you discussion. So we talk about, you know, social media. See, you and I have the benefit of having grown up before social media even existed. Right. So we know what it was like to be a real person before you had to be a virtual person. Exactly. So I like I like to kind of take a look at, you know, juxtapose 
who we are in real life versus who we are and how people perceive us on social media. And you mm. do some really funny shit on social media, honestly. Uh, so I think a lot of people, because I know you, a lot of mm. people do get to see at least a part of the real you. Yes. But let's talk about that. So the, I, I don't know. I, I pretty much like to have social media as a reflection of who I am. And now I do a lot of things. I do a lot of traveling. I do a lot of eating. I do a lot of funny stuff. And I do a lot of gardening. So I usually try to keep my social media as close to, I, I don't want to be a persona, so to speak, but you can't help what people's perceptions are of you at all. So the best thing you can do is be true to yourself and what you want to show the rest of the world. There's not much, I mean, I am a private person, but there's not much that I'm, that's not of me in my social media. Like I'll do my magic, I'll do my gardening, I'll do my, my traveling. So it is a reflection, big, broad strokes of who I am. Of course, there's nuances and, you know, small things. And my social media is pretty, pretty consistent with my brand of, of who I am. Yeah, it seems, it seems authentic. You haven't really got swept up into that whole influencer thing. Well, I mean, hey, those influencers are making, you know, 30 to 80 grand a, a month. It's crazy to me how a new generation of careers have blossomed in the last 10 years. Since we, we knew it social media before, uh, we didn't know social media when we were growing up, whatever. Like if I was 20 years old today, I'd be a millionaire just from the fact that I'd be making silly videos and doing that kind of stuff and playing into that. It's, it's, it's a crazy way of how people are expressing themselves and how people are relating to one another. Going back to Periscope, which hmm. is you know how we met, which is a live chat type of platform where you could actually, I would have live chat pretty much almost every day, you know, or a couple of days a week where I would walk my dog basically and right. just talk to people and social being social media being an extension of me just walking the dog and talking about stuff and what I'm doing leads me into my social media on Instagram and and I fought forever not to be on TikTok forever I'm like I'm not a 12 year old girl I'm not a 12 year old girl and of course now TikTok is the, the the most major platform out of all of them you know there was a there was a time when like oh, TikTok is because since it's based in China, is taking all of your, oh, right. you know, yeah, yes. all of your song. And I was like, I'm not getting on TikTok. And, but it's amazing the creativity that people have been coming up with in 15 seconds and, and teaching people stuff. And, and social media platforms can be used for good, so to speak, um, to learning things and, and to understanding things and hearing different people's perspectives and, and just laughing sometimes. But it's a, it's a time suck. It will, it will get you and it will take you and you can be scrolling for hours and get lost. Absolutely. Which we didn't have growing up. So I always feel for the younger generation. I, I'm so happy that our generation, you know, people between, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, but our, our generation, we had a, we actually had a childhood where we could ride bikes and come home before the streetlights came on and not be tracked by your family or, you know, they don't know where you are. You have an autonomy, right? There's, that's there's no more autonomy anymore with anything in relationships and there's no more autonomy whatsoever. So you almost have to make your own 
autonomy. And even then, your phone is tracking you. Everybody is tethered to each other nowadays. And I'm actually writing a script about a perfect storm situation of my freshman year in college and how... You were telling me about this at dinner the last time I I saw you, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait, I want, I I want to get into that, but I don't want, I, I, I don't want to pass up the opportunity to, to kind of flesh out a couple of things that you brought up. You and I know how we met, but no one else does. So you and I just got the reference to, we met on Periscope and I don't even think it exists anymore. No, it doesn't. It's it's set down. Yeah. So for those but of you- But it was a fantastic- it was Right. Well, it was the first Instagram live, right? right. The first Facebook right. live. Like it was, Periscope was the only live platform before, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram live basically gobbled it up because exactly. it couldn't survive. <laughs> um, right. But you and I were doing these lives every day and somehow- mm-hmm crossed paths because like, they would like kind of like Instagram does the feature page. I, somehow I found you walking your dog and Hudson at the time was your dog. And, exactly. And exactly. He, he was a rescue dog. And so I was immediately, I liked you so much. And then, um, and then the other thing, and I thought about whether I should bring this up or not, because in your own right, you're such an amazing person. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to just be like, and you're Vanessa Williams' brother, right? Yeah, but, well, she's my sister. It starts here. That's right. That's how it goes. <laughs> Although, aren't you the little brother? Yes, but okay. she's still my sister. As yes, I get her, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but once I realized that, too, there was something about the fact that, because your sister, when I was a little girl, um, it was in the 1980s that she became mm-hmm. the first Black Miss America. Mm-hmm. And... It was just that that just meant so much to me personally. I just thought she was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And and so there was part of me that was like, this guy is so cool. And I, I cannot believe that this woman that I had idolized as a child, you know, that that she gets to be your sister. Is that better? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat, too. Um, as well. But then, you know, as I got to know you, it comes back to what you were saying, how you try to put out, you, you try to be your authentic self on social media. And I think a lot of people fall victim to, I have to be something bigger than I am. I have to be something great. And I mean, you're such a big personality, you're a cool person. It's pretty easy for you to just put yourself out there authentically and resonate with people. Other people struggle with that. They struggle with the confidence you don't have that issue. And, and because of that, it was so easy to feel like we had a real connection. So I was trying to do the same thing. I was trying to be as real as I possibly could, but in doing so as a woman on social media, one of the things that's very difficult talked about, yeah, like it was just, uh, it, it just got gross uh, too often and I couldn't do it every day. Um, But I continued to watch you. And then when I was out in LA, then we finally met in person, which was totally cool. So and we did some, and we had magic. We did the that went to the magic castle. Well, that wasn't the first time. Um, well, I'm saying, but yeah, right. But then, yeah, yeah, another time when I came out, we went to the magic castle, and that was that was just amazing um, as well. And so, if you guys don't know what the magic castle is, you just have to look it up. It's it's insane. Um, but you, I remember the first time I met you though. You did a card trick that blew my mind, and I know some people who probably understand magic much better than me are whatever they wouldn't be as amazed I was amazed I still talk about it I went home then my son like started wanting to do magic you remember he sent oh, you nice. 
Well, yeah. I think we sent you a video of him doing like a trick with a dollar bill or something. I don't even remember, but it was just so cool. So social media had brought us together and we were talking mm -hmm. about it the other day, like without it, you, you and I wouldn't be friends and you're a really special right. friend to me. The other thing that you had mentioned in the intro part uh, about social media was the loss of autonomy. And I was mm -hmm. cracking up as you were saying, you know, as kids, you know, we weren't being tracked because I was just going to bring up <clears throat> one of the positives is that uh, my son, you know, he'll have his phone with him and I can track him. I can see how fast he's going. Right. I can see exactly where he is. <laughs> and as a parent, I'm like, this is fantastic. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. As just an autonomous human being, you know, and he's about to turn 13. I can see how that kind of sucks. Mm. But mm. Uh, I'm still really happy about it. Well, I, well, it's different. I think it, it, what's interesting about it is they don't know any better. We know better. We know what it was like at 13 and not being tracked or being able to go to a friend's house and, and coming home at a certain time. And, and then when you're supposed to be home at six o'clock, you got to be home at six o'clock. There was no like, if you're late, you're going to be in trouble. So, but the kids nowadays, they all, that's all they know is being tethered and tracked and knowing where, you know, I, my, my parents know where I am and this, all that kind of stuff. So it's not as jarring for them as it would be if we had to go back to not having that. You know, you can see where you've been, you know, what time you were there. I mean, if you get someone's phone, you can track everything and everything is in our hands now. I mean, before, you know, even with TV, you'd have to sit down at seven o'clock. If you want to watch right. the show, <laughs> you got to be at sitting, sitting down at eight o'clock watching Happy Days or, you know, watching MASH or whatever, you know, whatever big show is at the time. And they said, even when the Cosby show, they said, the final episode had 65 million watchers or something. And the Big Bang Theory at its height, whatever, was only 13 million. So it's almost six times that leads itself into uh, familial relationships, being home together, watching things as a family, being home, not the kid is in the, in the bedroom watching something, you know, your husband's over here, your wife is over here, and everyone's doing different things. It kind of brought everything together so now it's a it's a weird dichotomy that we are all as a world more closer together but our small groups are further apart because there is more flexibility in how we get our information and all that kind of stuff so it's a double-edged sword i mean i'm just glad that we had the experience of not having that social media is everything and all that kind of stuff growing up. So we actually could have a childhood and go outside. Now kids don't even want to, a lot of kids don't even want to go outside. They'd rather stay in and do whatever they had to do. But you know, when we were out, if you get to go outside, that's like the best. Yeah. As opposed to being cooped up in your room doing nothing. Right. You know, no, for sure. When, when our son comes home covered in dirt because he was building a fort on a dirt hill and he's been gone for like four and obviously we've been checking the app we know exactly where he is but <laughs> right, right. he comes home covered in dirt and or if he doesn't answer our text because we can tell when he reads our text we know that it's because he's not touching his phone he's in that same place and right. we're so psyched because it's the closest thing to an experience like you were just describing that we had when we're exactly little. so yeah we we get excited about that but you're right some kids don't they don't have their everything they experience is happening in this box. But then one other thing I was going to say, when we were younger, the threats to us as kids were, you know, the strange van driving down the Local. street. 
Right. But now the threat is also in their hand and it's with them every second. It's exactly. terrifying. So it's terrifying. Yeah. But anyway, all right. I think that it, you talking about the script because based on what I, I know about it also leads us a little bit into talking uh, more in depth about um, aspects of your life that led to your definition of what strength is, right? Strength and character. Mm. And mm. so let's let's talk about this script. Oh, well, it's, it's a, a story of my first days in college uh, in 1985 and how something that can be so easy as communication could get snafu'd you know, now there's no excuse not to have communication. If you want to talk to someone or find someone, you can talk or find, even if, whether they answer or not, at least you can find them and talk to them. Where back in the 80s, you could avoid someone and not talk about anything. And the amount of information that we get now is so overwhelming that, you know, back in the day, you know, my parents, if I wanted to know something about Antarctica, my, mom, my dad would be like, look it up in the encyclopedia. The encyclopedia, so, yes. Yeah, so, and it's like, for for those young people who don't know what an Encyclopedia Britannica is, it was a set of like 25 books, like big, thick books that in alphabetical order, like A to, A, to, A to C, D to whatever, D, F, D to F. And if you needed to know something, a fact about something, you would take whatever, look it up and find out what, where the Falkland Islands are. You know, you're like, oh, the Falkland Islands are, uh, you know, and that's where you would get your information. It was the paper Google, so to speak. Yes. Well, in the way that you would end up with encyclopedias was because someone would come to your door selling them. So instead <laughs> right. of solar panels, which is basically all they come to your door to sell you now, it was encyclopedias. Yes, they were sold door to door. And vacuums were sold door to door, too. All right, vacuums. So, I mean, uh, well, I forgot where I was going with that. But, but in terms of growing up, and what's really what I'm worried about with kids nowadays is the fact that the social interaction between kids is so you can be bolder, bolder and not have consequences for it. And when we were as kids, if you needed to talk to a girl or you, you needed to talk to me, you had to go talk to the girl. You know, a lot of us didn't have phone. I mean, I don't have a phone in my bedroom and we have this one phone in the house, one phone line. If your mother's on it, you can't talk on it. It's a busy signal before call waiting. You play a busy signal for a kid, what is that, like 26 and under, and they have no idea what they're hit listening to. Oh, right. Like, and, and they have no idea what a busy, <laughs> a busy signal. And even like kids probably in the early 30s, no call waiting, you know, because there was no busy signal. So. Oh, but wait, Chris, I was poor, so we had a party line. Do you know what that was? <laughs> that was like uh, uh, you're sharing the phone line with your neighbors. I know that's crazy. So my my script is what I'm working on. The story is is basically something that could not happen nowadays because there's so much information. If you ha you have to say something, and you know a, a lot of people don't know how to relate to one another anymore, and that's really sad. And they can hide behind a statement or a tweet or and people are more critical nowadays, and people are more in your face nowadays and it's there's a when when you were accountable when you said something to someone and you believed it and you were right in front of them and they didn't like it you were accountable accountable to them right then and there where nowadays you can even hide behind an anonymous thing and say what you want and say really awful things to people about anything appearance you know how they are gender sex anything and just like, you know, Periscope, you know, people take advantage of a beautiful woman, you know, just trying to 
teach people about breathing and, and stretching. And you helped me so much with, you know, taking the time in the airport. I was in the airport the other day, stretching, because I'm like, oh, That's Dana so would cool. be doing this right now. <laughs> You're like <laughs> stretching and breathing and making sure that I'm okay. But people take advantage of that. And then they'll just start saying things. And so with, with great power comes great responsibility, as they say. Anyway, so my script is, is kind of about the time when a communication was not as easy as it is now. And I'm so glad that I had a, uh, you know, I didn't have a computer in college, you know, I had a word processor, but I remember, you know, typing on a computer, new computer word processor and writing a 15 page paper. And my friend goes, okay, to save it, I think you do this, this, and I'm like, where, where, where'd my paper go? He's like, oh man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh. and there's no backups or anything. No. So I had to, I wrote it all over again. I got to like 12 pages and I put my head down because I was so tired and I hit the power button. So it didn't save it again. So my friend was like, just dictate it to me. But that's like, you know, things that would happen back then. You can't save things. And, and I would imagine cheating would be so, it's so much easier to cheat on things now because you have information right at your fingertips you know, on your watch, on your, you know, anywhere. Yeah. You can't go to a trivia night at a bar because everybody's yeah, cheating. People, yeah. Everyone's the looking point? Up it's, right. it's like a speed, it's a race to see who can look it up fast enough. You don't exactly. have to know the answer. <laughs> I know. I know. So there are good things and bad things that have come with the t technology. And I'm just wondering what's going to happen in the next 20 years of what technology is going to be like, you know, when, you know, my, my, grand nephew and nieces say uh uncle chris just teleport like this bloop, bloop, see i'm like no i'm gonna walk across the room thank you you're like no you just it's just you take your anti anti your matter and you just break it apart and they no no, no I'm, not, I'm not i'm i'm walking no it's, you know. it sounds crazy but it's not crazy right i can't even, yeah you're right like if you explain to me what television was or even what a smartphone was dick tracy having the phone be able to speak to someone on your watch, that's a reality that seemed like a fantasy out of a comic book. And then in the 40s and 30s, 40s, 50s. So what is going to be, when we talk about Star Trek in the 60s and 70s, they were dematerializing and then coming back together. I mean, there's gonna be such advances in, and also even AI, even artificial intelligence, how there are computers that are smarter than humans and taking over and, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens in the next 20 years, if we're still here because of the climate. All right. Well, <laughs> this is taking a very dark turn. Right, um, right. So, Chris, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a, a quick break for a message from the sponsor. But when we come back, I want to talk about your definition of, of strength. And I, I think that you've been talking a lot about authenticity, uh, the ability to relate to one another. And I, I have a feeling that part of your sense of strength, um, whether that's what you identify, for me, it sounds like it's, it's coming somewhat from that. But we'll just take a, a moment now for a word from Thorne, and then we'll be right back. What if you could take the same pre and post workout supplements that the pros use? Now you can with Thorne's elite lineup of NSF certified for sport formulas. Thorne's products help athletes perform at their best by addressing performance issues through testing, 
database solutions, and premium supplements. It's why Thorne Health Solutions are the preferred choice of 11 U.S. national teams and more than 100 professional teams and athletes across MLB, NFL, NBA, and the UFC. Visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorne and sign up for a free Thorne account using my referral link to save 20% on Thorne Sport Performance Supplements. That's mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorn. Okay, Chris, so let's talk about strength and what your definition of strength is and maybe how it's evolved over time. I think my definition of strength has, there's so many facets to what strength is considered, like fortitude. Being a professional actor for the last 28 years, dating myself, but one of the things that I've had to learn is having the strength to move forward, even when there's doubt of what forward looks like, if that makes sense. As a, an actor, you're beholden a lot of times to other people's projects. It's almost like gambling to a certain extent, because... With good cards, if you have good cards, you can play good cards, but sometimes the luck is not there and sometimes the luck is there. There is a gamble to it. So the strength for me has come from trying to stay as consistent as possible over a long period of time with having doubt in the future and persevering through through doubts, persevering through ambiguity, so to speak. And I've had to really learn to be able to be flexible enough and also Strength comes in when you don't have the same thing. I, since I am my own product, my product also evolves and change and perceptions of me evolve and change. So things that I was doing in my 30s for roles, now in my 50s, I'm a different looking man. I'm a different man. I'm a different person. I can't do the same things back here. Not necessarily that I would want to, but roles are different and how I'm perceived is, is different as well. So. For me, it's, it's more about the longevity of sticking with something and staying with it as long as you want to and as long as you can. And I learned from my parents, who are two of the strongest people that I've ever known, being from uh, two, they're two very independent people, went to college together, met at college, and they're both, they're both uh, elementary school music teachers for 40 plus years. But while they were doing that, they traveled the world they educated their kids they sent their kids through through college they were that we were the first black family in our town people were trying to not have us live there and my parents had enough they said well they can't afford it this and the other and we're like my parents were ready inflammable so the strength of knowing as i said uncertainty if you can get through things with a goal in mind and even if you're uncertain sticking with your step-by-step uh, -step plan, I've learned that also I've done four marathons and I would never have wanted to do a marathon. Just who wants to run 26.2 miles for fun? No one does Seriously. that. But I was raised, <laughs> yeah, I was raising money for diabetes. So that was my motivation to do that. But I always tell people, if, if I say, can you run 26.2 miles? They'll go, no, I can't do that right now. But I say, well, can you run from here to there? Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just run for like 10 minutes. Can you run for like 10 minutes? Okay. That's a mile down. Oh, okay. Well, 
you have to take it in small increments. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I've run for an hour and I've gone like 12 miles. Let me keep going. You know, can you run from here to here? So the mindset of not looking at the top of the mountain, but looking at the steps, taking the steps, they get up to the mountain and eventually you'll get there. I've studied Taekwondo for 17 years. And with each trial that I have through Taekwondo, I, I had started late too. I started in my late thirties and which is frustrates me because if I had started younger and, you know, I could miss it, but thank goodness I started in my thirties. So then I could, you know, now, you know, I could start in my fifties if that's, if that's, that's fine, but always start when you can just, there's, it's never too late to do something. It's never too late. And having the strength to allow yourself to fail, allow yourself to know that you will get something out of whatever you're doing. If you're just going towards something that you want to do. So perseverance is strength to me. That's one of the biggest things. Perseverance through ambiguity is the biggest tenet of how strength has been defined for me. That makes perfect sense uh, based on how you've lived your life. And I, I love the point that you made as well about uh, not hanging on to the older version of you. Well, not the old, the, the younger version of you, right? The younger version of you because you change and evolve. And I think from an actor's perspective, it's just common sense, the way that you laid it out, you know, saying I can't play those roles anymore. But I think most of us really need to look at it from that perspective as well, because we grow and we change. And, you know, we all know that person, or maybe you are that person listening, who's hanging on to, I was this in high school, you know, right. and I just want to, I want to live those glory days. Or you think that you're never going to be as good as you were in high school when honestly, the truth is, if you take the advice that you just gave as well, like it's never too late to start something. Look at the super cool freaking stuff you can do. Right. You know, look at the cool stuff you can do. I didn't start becoming the mobility maker until I was in my 30s. You know, mm. like it was early 30s, but I changed careers completely. Right. And now I've built this career that I freaking love. Yeah, and it's I, fantastic. Right? Like, and, and the same with you, like you've done so many cool things. And I, well, tell me about. Well, like, it helps. It helps not having a wife or kids too. Oh, stop that. <laughs> but I, like, you know what? I want to do magic now. I want to, I want to grow orchids. You know, I want to do. Uh, do something. Uh, I have a lot of free time on my hands. I, ha I have time on my hands to be able to explore things. I'm at 51 countries so far, and uh, I love to travel and I love to see different cultures. How people all over the world are this really are the same. We all cry, we all laugh, we all do, we all eat, we all cook, but we're all essentially all human beings. And it really gives you a perspective on your own life and your own country when you see the same things going on in another country. So that's why I love traveling so much of seeing amazing sights and even in, in America, traveling, if you even just travel America, there's so many different aspects of it and wonderful things and wonderful people all across the country and the world. So traveling is one of my, my favorite things to do. And it's, it's also given me a perspective on, on who I am and, and what motivates me. Yes. Well, and that's clear. If, and I should have brought it up in the intro. All of your your travels um, were another thing that made me gravitate more towards you because it was so cool to see how excited you were 
about the different places that you went and how you were taking it all in. And it's so funny that, you know, we kind of talk in hashtags because that's one of the hashtags that I use when I'm showing people, you know, this is this is a moment where I'm trying to appreciate everything. You know, as much as I took the picture, that's all I did or the video, I'm done. I'm taking it all in. And every time you go somewhere, it's clear that you're taking it all in and especially food too. That was another thing that um, we were like, soul siblings on was was your love of good food and Mm -hmm. you know that i i have like a gluten intolerance thing but when i go out to eat with you like it doesn't matter i'll (laughs) i'll wear it it doesn't matter because the food that you introduced me to is so good oh my gosh that pizza place that that it's it's like your birthday pizza place right yeah pizzeria mozza yeah so good. I still have dreams about that. Oh my gosh, we had the pizza with the um, the squash, squash blossoms. Yes, oh. and that's so good. <laughs> it was so. So good. I, I use the hashtag live love your life. Yes, a lot of times. And interesting, what you're saying. Going back to echoing what we were saying before. Sometimes you have to put the phone down, even when you want to capture everything. Sometimes you need to put the phone away and just be there and see it and smell it and feel it and not worry about, oh, am I I gonna, I wanna have this for later. You know, sometimes the memory of just in your head of how it was is even more potent than the picture that you took of it. So really trying to encourage people to put down, you know, capture what you need to, but put the phone away and experience what life is about and not being putting your head down in the phone all the time. But, you know, Chris, that comes back to another kind of generational perspective because Mm -hmm. you and I know what it's like to experience things without a phone. I mean, or even a camera where we could get pictures immediately. It was just, we had Polaroids. (laughs) Right, right. Right. Yeah. Or, Or we'd have to take the camera to like, you know, Walgreens or whatever it was to have. And when it became one hour, when it became one hour, we were like, oh my God, we can get our film in an hour? Yeah, yeah. But then, it would be like, you know, five, six days or whatever you, you hand it. And then you look for the envelope with all your pictures, glossy or mad. And they, yes. some of them would be out of focus. You never knew what you're going to get. You so didn't. Kind of you like were blinking and all of them. box. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a cracker yeah. jack box. I don't even know if that exists anymore. Um, but yeah. So I, I think, though, it's funny because a lot of these kids are growing up in the show me kind of era and that's their perspective and so telling them to put the phone down goes against everything that makes sense to them it's so strange because how can i experience this if i can't if i can't post it if i can't share it it's so strange right well that's the new culture of today too is is the show me culture and you know so going back to what you're saying of being authentic you know trying to be authentic as possible you know a lot of these kids nowadays are showing the flash, 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 and there's nothing behind it. You know, there's, there's, and, and, I, and I, I hate to say it, but the Kardashian era of showing that you did not have to have talent, you know, you don't have to have talent to be rich and famous. And Kylie, you know, the fact that she's a billionaire with a B with really no discernible specific talent emboldens kids nowadays will go, I don't, why would I need to go to college? I don't need to go to college. I could just be in a, in a TikTok house. There's houses. There's TikTok houses here in, in Los Angeles where there's eight to 10 kids that rent a $3 million mansion 
And they all, that's all they do all day. That's what their work is. They make videos and they do TikTok videos and they get sponsored and that's how they make their money. There's you know, these 20 year old kids making millions of dollars a year just by doing that. And I mean, yeah, money's great and everything, but are you really going to learn? I mean, I'm just being old of like, oh, what are you going to learn? I went to college to, you know, I get it up. Yeah. What are you, you're not learning anything. And so it's, it's just a different, it, it, the value system a lot of times and trying to t- teach a kid, you know, it's just like with your son, if he's, he's in the dirt, thank goodness he's in the dirt, working in the dirt or doing something because there's a lot of kids nowadays that, that won't, that be filming the dirt. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Of course, this is Florida, and which is, I, I mean, it's like America's Australia, where yeah. when he's in the dirt, I'm like, oh my God, what kind of snakes <laughs> what, are in what's the dirt? In the dirt right? What's in the dirt? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm really glad that he's in the dirt. All right, well, cool. We have coming back to technology. I'm glad that you pointed out that we sounded like, you know, the old grumpy, like grandpa saying, uh, yeah, you're not going to learn anything that way. Because as much as we're saying they don't have our perspective, it's true. We don't have their perspective either. And, um, and so, you know, trying to meet somewhere in the middle and understand. I, you did blow my mind, though, with the TikTok houses. I had not heard of that. Oh, yeah. There's, there's legitimate TikTok houses that, you know, they're in there making content all day, all day, all but day. The, this there's, house, there's TikTok it- managers. I have a friend of mine who manages uh, recording artists that are on TikTok. They have one, two, three, five, six million followers. And they also are singers and how to how to use TikTok as a platform, because now streaming, if you wanted an album, when we were growing up, you had to go to the store and buy the album and put it on your record player and listen to it. Now, it, CDs are like, a, what's a CD? Like, why would you even have a CD? That was, uh, you just digitally put it in. So, yeah, so they make they just make they make the all this content and they just so they make, don't you know, have a like a record label or anything they're just releasing all of their their stuff on tiktok and then they have a, on tiktok and through platforms like spotify or whatever and they right. get their followers and they get all and they get sponsored that way you yeah, know they have product deals sense. because if you have six million followers or six million eyes looking at you and whatever you post you can charge ten thousand dollars to just post something about you know because you're going to get a million followers at least eyes that have the potential to look at it so, yeah. All right. One more question about this. And then I want to go back to, because you shared so many life lessons and we're getting a little wrapped around the axle on all of this social media stuff. But I, I have to believe that some of the people listening are as fascinated as I am with. So back to the TikTok house for just a minute. So sure. is there like one sponsor who is paying for the rent on no, this house? They're, they're, no, they're, pay, they're paying for themselves. They, they so can, how do they, they find they each other and end up? I'm like thinking about Big Brother or they're no yeah kind of, well, kind of like that but they're all use each other to gain followers and there's a whole system of t- these young young kids are on top of it i mean you have to give it for that the, the hustle that these kids have i know there's a latina house that was in the la times of the day where there's six six or seven latino kids that are in this three million dollar house that all they're doing is generate and they're they get sponsored by different uh, companies. Will uh, I guess subsidize subsidize them to be in the in the house too? But they pay the rent for it, and you know they're 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 making money that way. So it's a job. It's a job. You would not think like back in the day that social media is a job. This is all they want to do, and all their job is, and they're making millions of dollars at it too. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Well, and yeah. I did I did hear um, fairly recently from someone. It could have been you. I don't remember who told me that. 
colleges now have an influencer degree. Like you can that you can graduate with a degree as an influencer. You know, based on where we're headed, I guess it makes sense. But if everyone's if everyone's an influencer, who's being influenced? I I suppose. Um, there you go. But anyway, go. <laughs> I want to go back to you. So, because uh, you covered a lot in that little bit of um, time when we were actually talking about your definition of strength, because not only did you um, did you define your strength, but you also talked about consistency, which I think is really really important. And um, and then you gave this example of you know having run four marathons. And breaking things down into little steps. So there are so many things that can be applied to life because, and then, and I'll bring it up again, when you had said that, you know, it's, it's never too late to start something you have to start. And I think one of the things is people look at whatever it is that they want as this entire marathon that seems so overwhelming and they don't break it down into the steps because when you start whatever your project is, you're not going to complete it in one day. So it's it's just going to be a step. So many things are result oriented now too. Like when you work out, if you if if you've never worked out before and you worked out for 2 weeks, let me let me go let me di- I digress. First of all, if you if you've never run before and you run 3 miles so to speak. The first 3 miles are are usually excruciating and grinding in the sense your body doesn't warm up for 30 minutes. You don't you don't really get running until you've broken about 30 minutes and your body is ready to go. I mean, even if you stretched and breathe, you know, it's, it's a grind to get through that first part. And you will quit if you only ran three miles. I remember training for the marathon and at mile seven, I felt like a gazelle. I was like, oh my God, I feel fantastic. And you get the runner's high and you're like, but if I only ran for that first half an hour, I'd be like, I hate running. I don't want to do this, but you have to get through it to get your actual body ready to go and also along the lines of what you you do i've been trying to really make a point i'm in a stretching class every week you know where i have a private i have a private lesson where all we do is stretch and yoga ish but just stretching and making sure so i've been trying to make a an effort every day to move my body to stretch to you know to put myself in a position where it was like oh okay let me but i feel so much better when my body is looser and I can actually move. And the older you get, the more you need to do that. So making a point of stretching every day or at least moving every day or, you know, get since pandemic, I made it a point of mine for the last two years. I have a minimum of 10,000 steps, five miles a day, which is like, now you walk around and even if you're walking at work, you may hit, you know, three miles, four, five miles, whatever. But I have a thing about 10,000 steps, five miles. So I've consistently done that for like 725 days so far or whatever. All tracking. There's another thing, tracking it on my Apple Watch, which can be a motivation for you to track, you know, to keep you to keep you honest about your your progress and workouts. I keep going back to technology. But anyway, (laughs) but 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 even the 10,000. The 10,000 steps, five miles a day, giving myself, okay, well, I got to go, I guess I got to go walk my dog for an hour. Or I guess, you know, I have to walk, you know, my dog Prince for, you know, however long I need to walk him to get to that thing, just to keep myself consistent. Consistency is, is, is the key. Yeah. Well, and technology does, it can do, do things. It it can help us with that consistency and it can hold us accountable. Yes. Someone isn't there to, to help hold us accountable. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. So what you were saying about that first 30 minutes of, of running, I think people should really equate that to the first 30 days mm -hmm. of, you know, diving into a new project, that thing that they were afraid of doing. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. And you're going to have a, a lot of self-doubt. And that was another thing that you talked about, doing things even when you were unsure, right? Like still doing right. the, the perseverance to keep going, even when you're unsure. And, you know, I, I think that there's that saying, you know, fake it till you make it that I don't really love, but I know it does resonate with some people. And, and if that can help you get over that feeling like you're a fraud, feeling like you're not capable of doing what just everyone has those feelings. Everyone does. And trying not to worry about the results and more of the yes. process. And, and I have to remind myself of that all the time, because as a society, we're so results-based oriented right now. And myself, I kept myself like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. But taking the steps to get to where you need to. If you worked out and never worked out before, and you worked out for two weeks, you're not going to see any results. But if you keep another two weeks, you're like, oh, wait a second, you may, you may feel a little better. And then after six weeks, and you've been consistently doing the same thing, you'll start to see your body change and your mood change and all those things change, but you have to keep going and be consistent. Absolutely. It's hard, it's hard to do nowadays. It's hard to do. It is. Well, and then the other thing too, results, um, everybody tries to equate results to something that's that's very tangible, that they can show other people. But right. we we have to be more connected to ourselves to understand that some of the results are inside of us. Some of it is, mm -hmm. is if we stop and listen, and if we, we tone down the self-doubt, we actually can recognize, hey, you know, the workouts that you've been doing for two weeks that make you sore, that make you feel like you don't see anything different in the mirror. But hey, when you get up in the morning, do you feel better when you wake right. up in the morning, right? Are you sleeping better? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling just a little happier during the day, you know? Mm -hmm. When you're not obsessing over the visible results, how do you actually feel? And I, I think that's a, that, that's another important aspect of the whole results-driven thing is don't just focus on the results, focus on the journey, but also focus on what you actually feel. Like, and right. give yourself the opportunity to feel what you feel, not what you think you should be feeling or what you think you should be telling other people you should feel. Because again, we have this all about the perception that we have to put out for other people versus what- and Also, I think I, I'm a big, big believe, big believer in therapy as well. And, and, and seeing a therapist, and even if it's just nothing else, but for 45 to 50 minutes, spewing with to someone else what you're going through and what's going on they don't even have to say anything but without the repercussions like if you tell your friend that then you feel obligated to listen to their problems it's such a for me it's such a selfish it's an hour from me once a week where i can talk about me not have any guilt about me and things to work on that, that i'm working on and trying to have someone to bounce how i'm feeling off of and, and seeing what their perspective because that's their job is to help me with the emotional journey or what I'm going through and, uh, you know, the doubts that I may have had about a decision that I made of like, well, this is how I came up with this. And, and even if a lot of, <laughs> I just said a lot of my therapy, just me talking and have him go, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Really? Oh. And have that make you feel like that kind of stuff. It really is. It's, it's a self-check too. It's I, I'm, I'm a huge component uh, of emotional, uh, emotional therapy. I think that's really good too. And as I said, you were saying about how you're feeling about stuff, even the increments being in therapy, you may not, there's no result. There's no physical results, 
but you could feel better about the decisions you're making and keeping you on track of you know of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. Because Absolutely. this world, this world is smack you upside the, the head, and there's a lot of lonely people in, in pandemic, and a lot of strained relationships, and a lot of there was a lot of things going on during the pandemic, and even now, and what to do with those emotions, and what to do with those feelings, and how you're feeling about yourself. I've said this before, but I think one of the very best things, if not the very best thing to come out of the pandemic was the spotlight on mental health and removing some of the stigma. Like I've seen that so many people you wouldn't expect to talk about mental health and also mental health now doesn't automatically equate to being crazy, right? Right, right. Or weak, right. or being weak. Or yeah. being weak, absolutely. Like So the perception of, of mental health being changed, being able to have a dialogue about mental health, having people like you um, you know, openly share that they do therapy regularly, I, that's, I do too. I absolutely do. I, I think that's so important. So that's definitely a huge lesson for people. Uh, and I think many of us learned it over the past three years, for sure. Yes, if we didn't already know it, but yeah, that taking care of your mental health and not just taking care of it yourself. I mean, we're so quick to take our physical ailments to a doctor. And in a lot of cases, I'm a proponent of, hey, wait a minute, you have elbow pain. Why don't you maybe try to figure out if you can move your body in different ways to get yourself out before you immediately go get a a shot or a pill or whatever. But when it comes to mental health, if you can't think your way out of it, get help. Get help. And if you don't feel right, you don't feel like yourself, or if you don't like yourself, that's not normal. And so many people live that way and don't understand that's not normal. That's not, and and, and forget the word normal. That's not okay. Right. And even, and even the fact that a a beautiful 30 year old, the Miss USA who just, who committed suicide, she's a beautiful, obviously beautiful and successful woman, but obviously there's some mental health issues going on there. So just because you're beautiful or successful does not mean that you're struggling. You could be struggling. So it's, it's okay. I'm just, you know, trying to tell people it's, it's okay to ask for help as well and not be ashamed to ask for help, whether it's emotional or physical. This is really wonderful, Chris. Sorry, it took so long to, to make this happen, but it was well worth it. Yes, indeed. We'll have to do it again. Um, where we to. don't spend so much time on technology, I promise. <laughs> Next time we talk, we won't we won't spend so much time on technology. But I still think it was fascinating, and I hope the people listening did as well. But now, um, let's tell people where they can find you because they have to see some of these videos that you're making. I mean, and you know, you talked about gardening, but you didn't tell them that you're like the naked gardener, not like. Guys, yeah, that's gonna like, be my new thing. It's not. Yeah, you're not gonna see anything that you don't want to see, or maybe that you might want to see. You're not. Um, right. And oh <laughs> my gosh! And with your gardening, you had the you made friends with the hummingbird. That was so yes, cool. I have I have four hummingbirds now. Four now? They come, yeah, they're four. They're four. There was actually five fighting last night, but I have them up here. I'm in a new movie called The Hollywood Star Girl that's coming out on uh, Disney Plus this spring. And on set, they, there was a little hummingbird bush or basket that we were protecting. And I was like, you know what? I want some hummingbirds. So that's the, the reason why I got my, my hummingbirds. And trying to convince them to come eat out of my hand has been a challenge. But I, I've been able to, able, able to do it sometimes. So yeah, I just I've like learning that. new things and, and trying, trying new things. And whatever the next 
you know, I don't know what the next thing that I'll, I'll try doing. So we'll oh. see. So let's back up though. Tell us about um, Hollywood star girl. Is Hollywood it? star girl is on uh, Disney plus uh, upload. The second season of upload on Amazon prime comes out March 11th. I was just on the doll face on the second season of doll face. And I just shot an episode of the Upshaws, which is on Netflix as well. That'll be coming out in the third season. So trying and trying to write and trying to create, create stuff for myself. And, and I'm happy to say, I've also been doing uh, acting coaching as well. And I've gotten a friend of mine, a, um, a client, a TV series uh, on Netflix. And then I had a client tell me yesterday, they just got a new uh, Showtime pilot that's or Showtime so show. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Well, that's the next, you- that's the next avenue of, of trying to take all the 28 years that I have and impart some of my knowledge, so to speak. Well, we might have to barter then. Maybe <laughs> I could do like some mobility stuff. You could do some acting stuff with me because not that I want to be an actor. I just think it, it makes you a more well-rounded human being. It's super cool. I started, I told you I started taking improv classes, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and it's great. so fun. It's just like, it's like make-believe for adults. And, exactly. and everybody's, no one's judging and everybody's in on it. And it's, oh my gosh, it's like playtime. I feel like I'm going to play group. It's really so cool. So I love yeah, that. Fantastic. So maybe we could barter. You are such a warm and engaging person. So to have you as a coach would be really cool. I bet you you're going to have so many clients you can possibly do anything with me, but. So you can, you can, fi- you can find me on Instagram yes. at chris.williams underscore. And then I'm on TikTok and Twitter at Chris Williams underscore. Okay. And do you have a website? No. Okay. So they reach you through there. All right. Oh, well, and what about that other, um, that other thing where like uh, people can pet cameo? Are you yes, still on I'm, cameo? Yes, I'm also on cameo. Yes. Under Chris Williams. Yes. That if you, because a lot of people request me for a crazy eyes killer yes. for Kirby enthusiasm. If they want a birthday shout out or, or a wedding shout out or something, people, and I try to take my time and give them a, a special experience for that. So I'm on Cameo as well as Chris Williams. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some of those. Those are, those are super cool. All right. Well, awesome. Um, so again, thank you very much. And you guys, if you don't already follow Chris, you should follow Chris. And I'm not on TikTok, but it sounds like you should follow him on TikTok too. But I love the stuff he puts out on Instagram as well. And Facebook too. You're on Facebook, aren't you? Yes, I'm on Facebook too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks again. And, uh, and this was great. Thanks for having me. Once again, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Thorne. If you like what you heard today and want to support the show, visit the link found in this episode's show notes or simply go to mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to receive 20% off all future individual thorn supplement purchases. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. The Real Strong People podcast is available for streaming on your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time.